I've escaped death five times at the hands of five different people. Three of those times were a little scary, but the other two, I seriously thought it was the end. Welcome to Habits and Humor, where you come to make serious progress without taking life too seriously. This podcast shows how we can use embarrassing moments as empowering tools to help us create powerful daily habits and enjoy life at the same time. I'm Susie B., author and creator of Life Conscious and master of all things embarrassing. This is Habits and Humor. Come to laugh, stay to learn. It was a cool fall evening and we were newly married in a new place making new friends. My husband and I had just purchased our first house and we were moving to beautiful Logan, Utah. We had met this cute couple who lived just down the road from us and they had a baby that was about the same age as our baby. As you do when you're getting to know someone new, we decided to have dinner together. They offered to host and invited us to their beautiful new home. We arrived and they invited us to join them in their gorgeous backyard with a nice big patio area and a pool and a picnic table and a grill. We grilled up some steaks and we sat down to eat and we were making small talk and having great conversation, getting to know each other while trying to make a good impression and also being authentic. You know, that balance of when you're meeting somebody new. Things are going well and we're, we're starting to make friends and all of a sudden it happened. I had just taken a bite of my delicious steak and I'm not sure if I tried to swallow when I should have been breathing or if I tried to breathe when I should have been chewing, but somehow I managed to lodge a lovely piece of steak in my throat. I got it good and tight in there and all airflow completely ceased. Remember, we're trying to become friends with these people, so I politely try to uh, dislodge the thing myself without causing a scene, but it's a no-go. I know that I can't do this myself, and I know that this is seriously a life-or-death situation. So I make the universal sign for choking, and I grab my throat with both hands, and I pull on my husband's arm, and I start shaking my head wildly, <laughs> letting him know that, hey, we got a situation here, and I'm going to need your help. So he jumps up like a hero, <laughs> wraps his arms around me, and starts to perform the Heimlich. Several maneuvers later, nothing has happened. And the peripheral vision around me is starting to go dim. Lights are starting to go out. And I'm wondering, is this the end? And I look up and I see these people, these new friends of ours, and I think to myself, these are the last people I'm ever going to see. <laughs> and then with one more final squeeze, my man saves the day and saves my life and dislodges the stick. In case you've never had the Heimlich, there are two responses that your body can have. The first is that the item in your throat comes out and you're free to breathe again. The other is that your body's like all hands on deck and decides that you need the entire contents of your stomach to push the thing out of your throat and clear it all out just for good measure. I bet you can guess which way my body decided to go at our lovely dinner party in front of our new friends all over their new patio. Ah, good times. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine what those poor people were thinking? Oh my heck. Can you believe we're still friends with these people to this day? They're good people. <laughs> I really should ask them what their reactions were from that day. But here's the kicker. This is the fifth time I've received the Heimlich in my life. That's right. I've escaped death five times at the hands of five different people. Three of those times were a little scary, but the other two, I seriously thought it was the end. The first one, I was having dinner with my dad in the house that I grew up in, and I was 15 years old. And he had to give me a Heimlich. That was my first experience, and that one was close. That one, I really thought, was the end. 
The second time was my mom. While we were driving in a car, she had to pull the car over to the side of the road and jump out and save me. The third was my sister in our house that we lived in in college. We were college roommates, and she had to save the day one day when we were eating lunch together. And the fourth was I had to do it to myself once uh, at, when I was home alone. And the last time is what I just told you. My husband saved my life within a year of being married to me. The first and the last times were definitely the most committed. <laughs> the other three were scary, but the, those two were the most significant for sure. I've also had to give the Heimlich to two of my children, and my husband has given it to a third. So, I mean, another glorious piece of myself that I've passed on to posterity. These stories are all about me, but the most important characters in these tales are the other people. When I needed someone, all these people were there for me. Today's habit message is to find your tribe. When you have a support system of people you know and trust, it will change your life. In my case, it literally saved my life five times over. I keep these people close to me, literally, because <laughs> I only have a couple of seconds to wrap somebody's arms around me before it's lights out. How do you find your tribe? You start by finding people you have something in common with. Maybe you've been through similar experiences. Maybe you have similar interests. But here's the thing. You won't know that about someone unless you get to know them for who they are and you open up and let them see who you are. You have to be open to letting people in in order to form real friendships. Every relationship starts with walls up and no rapport, but as you start to connect, like we talked about in episode one of this podcast, you open yourself up to the amazing opportunity of true friendship. The kind of friendship that when things go south, and they undoubtedly will, your people step up for you. Finding your tribe takes time, effort, and a little bit of risk. You have to open up and share, and sometimes that's really scary. If you've been hurt by someone you love, and let's face it, who hasn't? You know what I'm talking about with that risk. But the reward is so worth it. You have to start with yourself, though. You have to know yourself well enough to know your strengths, know your weaknesses, know what support you need. You have to know what makes you happy and what is a trigger. You have to know what you have to offer other people you have to know what makes you comfortable, what makes you uncomfortable. When you truly know yourself and you know what you need support with, finding your tribe just comes naturally. Personally, I love to surround myself with people who are better than I am at whatever I'm working on because it makes me better. It's like in sports. If you play a sport against a team that isn't as good as your team, your team usually plays down to their level and you don't play a great game. Whereas if you play a team that's a lot better than you, often your team has the best game they've ever had because they're playing at a whole new level in order to compete with the people who are there. So surround yourself with people who make you better. Surround yourself with people you know you can trust. Maybe these are people that you have something to offer to. Maybe these are people that have something to offer to you. Maybe these are just other people who you have things in common with, whether those be experiences that were really difficult for you. Often, really deep friendships are formed because you have something difficult, a trial that you've both made it through, and you connect on a deep personal level. Other times, you need friends who are just fun. Your tribe can mean many different things to you and will cover many different areas of your life, but you have to know yourself in order to attract those people into your life. I know myself well enough to know what I struggle with. I know I need emotional support. I'm an emotional person. My best friend has listened to me vent for hours on end and talked me out of throwing in the towel so many times in my life, I can't even count. 
I know that I have rage and I know I have high highs and low lows and she's always there for me when I need her. I also know that I'm a hypochondriac. My sister happens to be an ER nurse and has calmed me down countless times after WebMD and I have diagnosed me with some incurable disease. When I was dating my husband, most parents ask if the boyfriend can support and love and care for their daughter. Mine looked him up and down and said, do you know how to do the Heimlich? (laughs) I know me and they know me and I know that they have my back and my front when I need them. My wonderful husband knew exactly what to do that day because he'd been prepped. I let him know about a unique piece of me that is really quite embarrassing. Not a lot of people want to talk about how they've had to have the Heimlich over and over again. But because I opened up with him, he knew what to expect and he was able to support me when I needed him. It was literally a life or death need for support that day. The other part of the support system is what you can offer to them. You also need to get to know the other person to know and see what you can do to support them. Getting to know yourself shows you your strengths, shows you what you are really good at and what you can help other people to improve upon in their lives. How can you support them? How do they need you? There is this incredible balance in strong friendships. There's give and take. You have to be able to depend on that person, but they also need to be able to depend on you. One-way friendships never last. So the best way to find your tribe is, number one, be the friend you want to have. When you show genuine interest and care, the people who need you will find you. This is called magnetism. When you live truly as yourself and you show what you have to offer to the world, the people who need you will find you. You don't have to seek these people out. It just starts to become part of your life. The second part is to be the real you. The last episode of this podcast was about owning your story. The faster people get to see who you really are, your actual story, the easier it is for them to be your tribe. The easier it is to make real genuine connections and actually get to know and care about each other. So here's one more quick unexpected tip about finding your tribe. They may come in all shapes and sizes and from places you don't expect. My best friend is over six feet tall and she's gorgeous and beautiful blonde and in her 30s. And her running partner is a tiny Filipino woman who is about five foot tall and in her 50s. You wouldn't picture these two as being best friends, but they really, really are. They have something to offer to each other that they both gain from. So don't count anybody out. Finding your tribe isn't about making decisions. It's about being yourself, being the friend you want to have, and then those people will just naturally come into your life. When you're open and you're real and you're understanding of who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, you're able to connect with people on a different level than if you were trying to force friendships. If you're thinking, I need this person in my life, then maybe that's the universe calling to you and you need to go out and look for that person. But often those people find you. Often it just comes together. People talk about, oh, well, that was a coincidence. I don't think there are coincidences. I think there are people who need you and you need them. Call it fate, call it divine intervention, call it whatever you want. But when you are living as yourself and being the friend you want to have, those people will just naturally come into your life. Maybe you need a friend who can support you one way or another. Maybe you need someone who understands some part of you just in case you need them there. Maybe you need someone who knows your triggers and is there to help you live your best self even in times of difficulty. Whatever you need, you have to know yourself first. 
Whatever you have to offer, you got to know yourself first so that you know what you can give. So I encourage you, get to know yourself. Figure out what are the unique nuances about you that you love. What are the struggles that you have that you want to improve? Don't be ashamed of those. Welcome people into your life that can help you with those areas. I have a tiny throat. I know this about myself. I've been to doctors to see if I can expand my throat and I can't. It's not something that is in the cards for me. So for me, I know that I will always have a tiny throat and I will always need people around me who know how to do the Heimlich. <laughs> but if you know the real parts of yourself, if you truly know and understand who you are, then you're so much more able to find a tribe of people who are able to also understand you. When you know you, they can know you and you can know them. Be the friend you want to have and be yourself. And watch as those friends start to come into your life and support you in ways that you never would expect. The other thing you need to pay attention to about yourself is the way people make you feel. If you feel like maybe you connect with someone and you want them to be a part of your tribe, but they hurt you or they are not good for you. If you can tell that this relationship is not serving you, it's okay to put up some boundaries. You don't have to eliminate people from your life and you don't have to cut them off entirely, but it is okay to protect yourself. It is okay to know what relationships are good for you, what relationships you should have and should cultivate, but it's also a good idea to make sure that the ones that are not good for you are the ones that you have a little bit of restricted restrictions on. Again, it goes back to knowing yourself. It goes back to knowing what is the best for you. If you know you need those people who help you be better and help you push yourself, great, keep them. If you know that there's a person who makes you feel terrible about yourself, go ahead and put up a boundary there. Make that something that you experience less. Or if you can't experience this person less, maybe it's somebody you work with or somebody you see every single day, Put up a boundary by emotionally detaching when you speak to this person. Realize that this is on them. This is their issue and has nothing to do with you. And once you are able to have that conversation in your brain when you talk to this person, it becomes much less impactful and, and affects you in a much less painful way. The habit of finding your tribe will help you live authentically, progressively, and fully. Know yourself be the friend you want to have, put up the boundaries where they are needed, and find your tribe. Because when life tries to choke you out, you're going to need someone who gets you. Thanks for listening to the Habits and Humor podcast. There's only three days left to sign up for Habitize Health, the program that helps you master three simple, healthy habits over 60 days so that you can be consistent this year and actually achieve your goals. You're going to get coaching from me every single week so that you have that accountability, but I'm also bringing in eight guest coaches to help you with things like hormones, things like nutrition, valuable pieces of your health and your habits. So get in here and get the live coaching aspect from me and eight of my brilliant friends. You can find the link to sign up in the show notes or on any of my social media platforms at Susie B Habits, or of course on the website, suzybhabits.com. Click on coaching and habitize at the top of the page. Thanks for coming, you guys, and we'll catch you next week on Habits and Humor Podcast, where you come to laugh, stay to learn, and choose to live.